Greetings is co-hosted and co-produced by Bobby O'Rourke and Dan Conroy. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at GreetingsPod or on Twitter at GreetingsCast for weekly updates, photos, and to see what card we're talking about that week. Greetings and welcome to the Greetings, the Greetings Card Podcast. Nope, let me start again. Greetings and welcome to the Greetings Card Greeting Card Podcast. I messed it up twice. I am your really bad host, Bobby O'Rourke. And I'm your even better host, Grand Gronroy. Fuck! <laughs> All right, hold on, let me try that again. And right. I and I am your okay host, Grand Don Fuck. And I You got it. You I'm Dan. It. I'm Dan. Can we just can we just keep going? I'm Dan. Yeah, okay. All right, good. I'm Wait, Dan. We'll just the, the editing. What happened? What happened to us? What happened? You, you know what it is. I'm seeing we we've had a lot happen to us. We're going to get into a minute, dear sweet Bobby. But the rust is on our bones, but the songs are in our hearts. And when you see living machine like that, like you and I are, you've got to shake off the old dust and get us ready for the derby, which the card derby, which is what we call this show now. That's right. Yeah. Welcome to the card derby. I'm your co-host, Bobby O'Rourke. And I am your co-host, Dan Conroy. Hey, we nailed it. All right. Hey, look the- at that. All we had to do is change the name after all this time. Welcome to the card derby, everybody. Everybody. So, Dan, the dark um, Kirby, <laughs> I hesitate to share too much with the ding dongs because they're an untrustworthy rabble. They but, don't deserve uh, it. But it's been a while since we recorded because I was lucky enough to go on my honeymoon with my lovely wife and we had such a Yay. great time and it gave me the opportunity to think long and hard about the show we do and the things we want to do and to ignore my wife. Uh, well, and she was happy enough to go and explore by herself. So really, it worked out for all of us. But let me start by asking you, Dan, in your world, your worldly man, where have you traveled before? Do you have any favorite places you want to go? You, you have been and, and or where do you want to go? Because I'm gonna, I promise this will lead back to the car derby. But for now, let me just ask you those questions. So you're asking where have I been around the world and where would I like to go in my life? Yeah, like how, where have you been? Where are you going? Where are you right now for the people out there who are in the present and can't project into the future like I can? Where I am right now uh, I'll do these in the order in which I please where I am right now uh, <laughs> United States mid-Atlantic region specifically in the New York metropolitan area where I have been not enough places and where I like to be more I am a person who enjoys traveling but I feel like I have not been to enough places I was lucky enough when I was younger to do a lot of traveling with my family mostly mm-hmm. in the United States but a couple of times I've been out of the country but I find myself wanting a good old wander yarn as I believe the French call it. And I am intrigued with the idea of continuing traveling. I like doing it. I like seeing new things. I haven't been anywhere super crazy. Uh, When I was young, I went to England, Ireland, Scotland. I've been to different parts of the Caribbean and some cool islands down there like Curacao and Jamaica, Canada. Canada's fun. Mm -hmm. And then some parts of the United States. But I've definitely... I'm lacking, I would say, in doing like extensive international traveling. So one of my goals kind of long term would be to put more of an investment of trying to see new places because there definitely is a desire to check that out. But uh, it is an expensive endeavor. And I've spent a lot of my professional career doing stuff to just get by. So I my goal is to definitely do more traveling, I would say. And do you think that you get that what I believe some people have called Insta envy when you see someone who appears well-traveled posts lovely pictures of them 
on a beach at a bullfight uh, defending, you know, a Chinese autocrat from a rebellion. Do you get that sense of envy or do you think that this is sort of the algorithm playing with you and trying to get you to spend more and more money? I mean, I think of one end, like I haven't defended a Chinese autocrat since my graduation from medical school, but I... Well, you were young. You had the energy back then. You didn't have a job. You could do whatever you wanted. I had just gotten my pharmacist degree. I could just jump in front of that bullet like any old horse, but now I just don't have the same energy of a young man willing to go in front of the autocrat. But the young man and the autocrat and other fun tales. But I... So do I get Instagram envy? I think I do for like a minute. I definitely see like the beautiful views of maybe when a person is visiting a place. But I try to remind myself that I have done the same thing, like taken nice photos and shown people. And I remember what it took for me to take that nice photo and also being around people that were also in that nice photo. Like, I don't know. So we all know that social media posts do not ca- encapsulate the full experience that you're having, whether right. it's positive or negative. They are a negative. sliver of your actual experience in life and often Correct. catered and edited to make it look as though you are, in fact, a successful human being when really we all know that you threw out that slice of pizza and then went back into the trash to grab it later when you realize you didn't go grocery shopping. And that's what people don't understand. Like when you see me out in the Red Rocks in Denver taking a beautiful photo of sort of a tree by itself, it kind of is like a Janus tree where half of it is growing and the other half is not and it's on a six mile journey I'm having a lot of people don't know that under that tree was a slice of pepperoni pizza that I picked up and ate because it was in the dirt and I don't need you judging me for it okay it was food it was there and I wasn't going to go back to the Red Rocks when else am I going to eat abandoned pizza okay so and I don't need to like write this all in the Instagram description right under the photo when people are like okay Dan sounds like you're having a good time you seem healthy bye so maybe that's I, I our, our next great adventure is to write a truly honest Instagram post. Have a really nice photo of yourself at the beach, but say not pictured as the shirt that has, you know, seagull shit on it because it just happened moments <laughs> before I took this photo. Taking like a gorgeous photo of a sunset on the beach and just like saying, I have had dysentery the entire time. <laughs> I have not had a comfortable movement, to put it bluntly, in three days. Because that's what it is, right? Those posts really are a moment to show off how you're doing in that exact moment and not about at all how you've been the entire time on the trip. So I, I think that's where I am usually when I look at those posts. I'm more excited for that person enjoying it and where the sort of natural Instagram envy sort of comes in, the Insta envy. I remind myself, yeah, that's just not that's not the entirety of the trip. And also, it's not your trip. When you do your trip, you will have those moments for yourself and you can decide to post them. Or you can be like me and have a photo of Neil deGrasse Tyson that you met on the subway and just not show people because you're like, that's too flashy. Uh, You're just going to keep this in your phone like a serial killer. Bobby, did you find yourself... In other times, did you feel that IG envy yourself? Never really directly, but it occurred to me while I was traveling because I ended up at a friend's wedding, which was a beautiful affair. That was the last chapter of our journey, and I'll go further into that when we get to the cards. A lot of my friends had posted basically the same photos over and over again. You know, on Instagram, you can post a series of photos, often five or ten, and many of them were unique, but a good number of them were the same photos we had taken, and it occurred to me as I was putting the sentence together right now, and definitely not... (laughs) you know, not floundering at all, that Instagram operates in some ways like a modern day postcard because you used to have to send Mm. in the analog days a postcard of a picture of a place and write on the back, you know, don't want you here. 
happy you're gone. Enjoy this photo of a beach. And that would be it. That would be kind of all that you get. Sometimes people would have cameras and they could bring back photos. Sometimes people would send photos through the mail. But now you are curating what is essentially a universal greeting card to say, I am here. I'm having a good time. Don't care about you, but take a look at my travels here. But it's not for a single person. It's for whoever happens to be on Instagram at that moment. That's the part that gets me about that analogy, because I agree with you that I think it is filling up the role that postcards used to be the industry for, right? You probably don't own a camera because they're very expensive. You and want bulky. A more... We brought one with us, too, and a, a real sure-fangled camera. And boy, did that really cut into the amount of books I could buy while I was on vacation because I had to carry that around. A dyed-in-the-wool camera will really cut you back on the amount of stuff you're able to fit in there. Were you the photographer or was Maddie more so the photographer of the trip? She was. She had the camera and her phone. I only had my phone. We agreed that mine has a little bit better color resolution. I don't feel the the need to name drop brands because they make it enough money. But I was able to take some on my camera, on my mm. phone camera. Maddie was able to take some on the actual camera. So we kind of got a mix of both, which was good. Did you buy this camera specifically for this trip or had you had this camera and it was of a, what we call a convenience in thought, but not a convenience in packing that you would bring it with you on this trip? <laughs> Maddie has a relative actually who is a very talented Lucky. nature photographer. So this person had an old camera and said, I have a new one. Oh, Do nice. you want this? And it was really quite nice. I felt a lot like that nameless character from Pokemon Snap who just takes pictures of animals and it's just nice. It's got nothing. Yeah, else that's to go pretty through. cool. It's we need more video games that just let us take photos on the reg. I feel like po what what we're missing with Pokemon Go, it's nice to capture the Pokemon, but we're missing the battle. So I feel that the very short time that I played that game, I would have had more fun just going back to Pokemon Snap. Let me just take a photo of the thing. That's fine. I don't need to own these creatures. It's nice I don't to have pretend to be a bad zookeeper for several hours, but what I really want to be is a bad photographer for several hours. A lot of people don't know this because a lot of people don't speak Japanese, but Pokemon is a more ancient Japanese term meaning bad zoo. And that's just what it... After the great war that happens in the Pokemon lore, basically, every child just wants to own a bad zoo is where that comes from. Right. So, that's right from the Shogunate before the Meiji Revolution. Yeah, absolutely. That was before the opening to the Western forces and uh, and cultural influences. We mostly just see bad zoos opening up. And then you see British merchants and they're just kind of like, hey, real quick, we have bad zoos as well. Ours are a little more exploitive. We didn't have an end to this sentence. We just wanted to let you know. What were we going on? Oh, yeah. So I feel like there you're correct that this fills up a space that originally was filled with postcards but that lack of personableness that lack of interpersonal relationship between somebody sending it to them now this is for the world everybody can see this postcard i'm not promoting it to anyone specific it might have a funny caption on the bottom like maybe it's a gorgeous photo of kilimanjaro and it says something on the bottom like can you believe this place doesn't have an arby's and <laughs> It, it does, does not that, have the meats. It does not have the meats. Does this, I can't get my curly fries on Kilimanjaro. Does this take away from that experience? Because when a postcard came to you personally in the mail, that was like a personal photo that you're sharing with somebody that of course they knew you could buy at like a tourist shop or a souvenir store. But it was nice to have that as something you can own. Now you don't own that photo anymore. Do we need something else besides that to fill it in? Is that why the envy comes in? Because now it feels less like I'm sharing this experience with you more like I'm experiencing it with the world? Or is all of this just hokum to get us to the 20 minute mark? I 
th- definitely that, but <laughs> let me play along just for the sake of the audience. Thank you. I got a postcard from a friend pre-COVID, a handwritten, honest-to-God postcard of a place that my friend Kate was visiting, and I got to say, it was delightful. I had yeah. forgotten the thrill of getting a message meant for you, and it's it actually, I, I wish I had it in front of me because it's very funny, but it was for me. It was written for Bobby, who's me, as I've said, and I don't have to prove anymore on this show. You only get one more time to say it on this podcast, and then I immediately have to censor it. That's what Podbean told me. I'll save it for later. <laughs> but it was nice. And then Instagram, not that you can't do wonderful things, and some people really are quite talented at curating photos, but it does lack a little bit of the personal touch, you know, the one-to-one nature. But maybe that's not such a bad thing. I mean, I can't send a photo of the narwhal that I saw to every single person I knew. That has to just be sent out to the masses. You saw a narwhal? Where did you see a narwhal? No, I lied. I just wanted to say. Oh, cool. I thought you actually... Okay, for the ding-dongs, I've only heard... This is Bobby and I's first interaction since coming back on his honeymoon wedding times, and I don't know all the stories yet, so I literally thought maybe you had seen a narwhal. Now that I'm saying this out loud, putting a sentence together in my head as I go and not floundering, I'm realizing that they are more populous in cold conditions, if I remember correctly, which is not what you were in. I think so. And, hmm, you know, okay. I did see sheep. I saw cows. I saw turns for the for the avian uh, aficionados out there. You know, turns are lovely. I guess this podcast has a turn for the worse in that way. <laughs> oh, boy. I. What was your favorite animal you saw? Oh, I'm just I'm still thinking about that pun. You got to give me. No, couple, just, just keep enjoying seconds. it. Yeah, I, don't be sheepish with it. Um, allow it to to roll over. <laughs> what was my favorite animal I saw? I'm trying to remember because we. So for the listener, and I'll move on to cards pretty soon because that's why we're all here. We were Not in Ireland yet. and Scotland, and then Portugal and Spain actually, which was lovely. So Ooh. we saw the cold weather animals. We saw your cows, your sheep, your seagulls. And I don't think we saw a whole lot more animals there because we were in cities a lot of the time as well. Mm. So we weren't close to nature a great deal of the time. Lack of animals in those cities. Yeah, we didn't see any whales, which I know some people claim to see off of, you know, the coasts of Western Europe. No, I got to think. I don't know. I saw some goats. Which you know mm-hmm. are fun. Some, hor- some horses. Horses are fun. Like that. I was going to ask about horses. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Any bulls just hanging around? I did have a moment where I came up to several cows that were in a pen. We were hiking in Scotland and the cows were behind a pen and I wanted to grab a photo. So I got out of my rental car and I took a photo of the cows and in unison, four cows looked at me, turned around and all shat in my direction. And it couldn't help but feel it was a little targeted at me. Not that I blame <laughs> them. incredible. <laughs> I wish I had a video because it's only captured in motion but i have a photo i think of all the cows turning around it just doesn't show the movement very well what did you do to insult these cattle were you I like in I their property I, th- I don't oh, know what okay. i did i just got out of the car maybe i slammed the door too hard but they all just got up at we've got to do this now <laughs> we're it's not gonna time. have another opportunity yeah they only do that for Americans. A lot of people don't know. They That's like we come and visit Scotland and they're like, OK, what's a way that we can entertain these humans, these tall monkeys that come from America? They have a different accent. They are fascinated by everything cold and with a knit sweater. And so what do we do to entertain them? And they just take a real hot dump right in front of us. It's a beautiful <laughs> feeling. I remember when I went to Glasgow, same thing. Anytime you saw a cow on those city streets, they would just shit in front of you. 
We didn't we didn't spend any time in Glasgow, unfortunately. We were there for only one night because we were doing a bit of a tour and, and we didn't get a chance to know the city very well. We saw Edinburgh, which is lovely, and no no shade to Glasgow. We just didn't spend enough time to get to know her quite well. Edinburgh is a gorgeous city, I gotta say. And you also spent some time in Galway in Ireland, right? Like a little bit? We did. Galway was really nice and actually one of the cards that I might or may not have brought back from across mm. the seas might be from Galway. I'm excited to see that Galway card very much. Galway is fun because it's very quite small compared to a lot of, you know, especially compared to New York, but compared to a lot of cities because it's much smaller than Dublin. Yeah. And I was shocked to learn, I think something like a quarter of the people who live in Ireland live in Dublin or some, some crazy number. So it's, it's a real, yeah, yeah. Ireland still has, I mean, I think I just read the other day that they just celebrated being over 5 million in their population, which, yeah, that sounds like a lot of people, but that's essentially, that's LA. That's just under the city of Fe- actually, I think it's just over the city of Phoenix, Arizona. That's even a, only a small amount of the pre-famine population. The population of Ireland pre-famine was nine million, so they are still wow. below. They're still below the pre-famine numbers by quite a lot. They actually they were within the span of about three to three point five million for I mean, well over a century, and then you know only recently we see that number sort of go higher. And uh, now they've recently celebrated just being over five million people. So that is definitely a testament to the smaller. Cities, which really, Bobby, is not an excuse to not have seen more livestock for me to talk about, whether it be sheep or goats or alpacas or bats. And there are probably bats in Ireland. I don't know. Are there bats in Spain? That feels like something you could see in Spain. You know, I didn't ask any of the locals. My bad. You did go to a Great Gatsby themed bar, though. That's fun. I did do that. Yes, I went. And for and what kind wedding. of Great Gatsby was it themed? Ah, uh, it was a Boz Lerman Great Gatsby. Boz's Boz's Gatsby. Boz's Burgers. Bo- Boz's Burgers. That's what the movie was missing. We got to do in a in a realm of reboots, rehashes. I don't even want to do the usual like ten to twenty year wait. For them to reboot Bob's Burgers, we got to do it at the white hot popularity that it is right now on season thirteen, and do a complete Boz Lerman one eighty. Let's let him do. Let's start him to let him do an episode, and then from there he can just redo the whole movie where the fish odors don't pay for the water main break in the front, or however the plot of that movie goes. I kind of forget. There's a big. There's a big hole. That's what it is. There's a big hole in the front of the restaurant. I, I think that we can finance that through the money that we're making on this podcast. I think we can do it. Yes, once the Patreon money really flows in. And hopefully it'll flow in from what will be this mini series, which, by the way, Ding Zongs, just so you know, we're going to have a regular episode next week. But this week and episodes involving Bobby's cards from Europe. Bobby, how many cards do you have? I Because <laughs> I feel like I should have asked that. Yes, that's I, I should have provided the information. I think I have enough for about three episodes because I have two that can stand by themselves and then two that I think probably go best in a pair. So at least three. Maybe more. We'll see how much we can talk and slowly pivot this podcast to an Irish famine historical podcast. We'll see. Move over hardcore history. We've said it before, and the goal is it'll one day happen. And until then, this miniseries will be known as Bob Voyage, the <laughs> cards Bobby found in Europe. I love it. I love it. Can you do we'll, a we'll good get... Dan Carlin impression from hardcore history? I can't. Can you? I literally don't remember. I just remember that he kind of talks deep, right? Like this. How does he talk again? He sort of talks like he's sort of. He has, yeah, that's what it is. He yeah, has this like vision this. Where, you're, where, you know, you're doing a podcast with Dan. And the thing you don't realize about Dan is that he's he's 
he's not really there. Like, he, he's he's there in a sense, but, like, he's not with the Vikings, which is where most people are. And, boy, like, these Vikings, they really knew how to do a podcast. Like, it just, it's sort of like an intimate whisper, which I really kind of like a lot. But, like, an intense intimate whisper, like yeah. the kind of guy that, like, corners you at a party outside near the bonfire and just goes, like, so you got these guys, you know what I mean? And they're called the Germans. But, like, back in those days, they weren't really known like that. They were, like, you know, they were in these different, well, you wouldn't call them cults. They're more like pagan groupings, right? It's pre-Christian. All right. This is so they just come taken down. verbatim from an episode, probably. This is probably taken from him and Owadakar, the German, or whatever that guy's called, and just talking about the Ferber invasion or something. But yes, the first installment of Bob Voyage Woo! and cards that Bobby found in the old world. I like to think that you found these under like an old wine vine. I was going to say wine tree, but that's not how they grow. I, I can uh, show you a photo where I found the one that I'm presenting today, but because it's it's not that far off. It kind of this is the one I showed you. Maybe I could we could post this photo. It's called Cards Are Us or something. I have to look at the photo I sent you. Oh again, yes, but. yes, yes. Which we've noticed. Wait, okay, yes, absolutely. I will absolutely post that photo on. I'll this find it week's... too. I'll send it again so we know which one it is. Sounds good. Like at Greetings Pod on Instagram or at Greetings Cast on Twitter. But there is, if you look at that photo, Ding Dongs, you will see that there is a for let sign for lease. Is that the business or is that one of the flats above it? Because we have an opportunity. Time for our lives to change. Look, New York has done nothing for me. I've tried and I've tried and I've tried and it's just taken from me and probably given me a lung disease. So let's go to a different city and see if I get any sicker. You do have an old world sensibility about you. You need to have a monocle on a cobblestone street. You need to hail a handsome cab and you need to say, take me to the nearest prostitute and then they'll drive a couple feet and they're like, it's the right they're right here, sir. A three-penny opera? What is this? The stock market crash? I need a two-penny opera at the least. I want to hear about that Mac Macklemore the knife. I hear he's quite the card. Yes, my lord. And then I go ahead and hack into my handkerchief and it just comes out just jet black. <laughs> Uh, I have so much bile. I don't have enough phlegm. Nothing a little mummia won't cure later. <laughs> so while Dan opens up the card, I will remind the Ding Dongs that if you want to talk to us or share a card, you can get in touch with us at GreetingsCast on Twitter. Nope. Wait, did I miss Yep, great. GreetingsCast Twitter, GreetingsCast on Twitter. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dan. All and good. At GreetingsPod on Instagram. We'd love to hear from you or see if you have any cards that you think are worth talking about. So, Dan, as you open up this card... I believe the one I gave you is this is from the grand old city of Edinburgh, the capital in of Edinburgh, the, Edinburgh, the capital as of Scotland. the jewel of Scotland, known for tall spires, uh, Sir Walter Scott, cobblestone streets. And as I recently learned, decent sushi, I have to say, I wasn't expecting mm, that. What kind of roll did you get? Oh, I got some take on the Philadelphia roll. Actually, it wasn't cream cheese, <laughs> but it, it, it was it was an tr incredibly non-traditional <laughs> Japanese uh, sushi. Good old, good, ye old Scotland Philadelphia roll. Philadelphia, get to know us, as Patty LaBelle would all tell us lovingly. I remember when I went to Edinburgh when I was a kid. And I actually bought a kilt from there of the Mackenzie Tartan. Ooh. And it was with my money that I had saved up. And I was about to, I don't know how I did this. I was giving the pound note to the gentleman at the cashier. And I ripped it nearly in half. And I was mortified because I felt like it was the best descriptor of me being an ugly American. And then <laughs> as soon as I did that, he took the money from me and quickly had a 
tape dispenser out and taped it together and went, oh, don't worry about it, lad. It rips easy and it spends easy. And I was like, that, he just made me feel so good. He had a better accent than what I did, but it was- I have uh, to say, the Scottish people were just incredibly generous and kind, and I, I, I won't say anything bad about them. People have asked me to, and I won't do it, not on this show. If I find something funny to say bad about them, I'll wait till the end of the podcast. But in the meantime, yeah. I have to say that I was nothing but charmed, and they made me feel very much right at home. Edinburgh is a beautiful city, and I can only imagine that their cards will not disappoint, whether hilariously or disturbingly. We'll find out one way or another. We are beautiful old city with a castle in the middle. That's right. I'm sorry. I should have said this before. My apologies. For some reason, my phone keeps sending these in a weird order. The one with the most enticing photo is the first one. I think it goes three. If you're counting backwards, it's like three, two, one. And then the very last page is like all the way on the right. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know why. Yes, I do know what you mean. And I am opening the card now. Okay. Okay, I see the order. Yeah. Fantastic. So. To paint the picture as we do, we come across a delightfully orange card. I feel like I'm having a tang or a sunny delight right in front of mine eyes. Or an iron brew. Hashtag Edinburgh. It's an iron brew. Why didn't I think about that? A disgusting energy drink that no one should consume if you it's, have the It's pretty vile. I had it when I was when I was in Scotland about uh, 10 or 11 years ago. And at the time, I was stupid. And I said, this is pretty good. And not, <laughs> not to, <laughs> I don't want to disparage anybody, but I had iron brew. And we, were, and we both tasted it and said, this is terrible. It's, it's just awful. It is unsettling. It really is made for a time before we understood like energy drinks. Thank goodness Gatorade came around to basically just be salt water with sugar in it. Otherwise, we would have just been stuck with that it is it's like the same people who think salt tablets are candy the i'm sorry iron brew i'm calling you out so this is like a fine cup of iron brew we have on the front of it for our image a sad gorilla creature it is just a gorilla let's say what it is the gorilla is glittery wearing a yellow bow tie a small birthday hat with a yellow pom-pom on top and is holding a, again, appropriate for Scotland, a pea green balloon and (laughs) a, the most prominent accessory, a scowl on its face. Mm -hmm. This is a unhappy gorilla. This is not a happy monkey or a, this is no, I'm sorry, a noble ape. Excuse me. This is far from a noble ape. And this particular ape is not in a defense stance, I would say, but is certainly not in one where it is ready to party down. It is certainly not ready to go on holiday. And on the front, in pretty plain text, uh, nice straight up and down lettering, we've got, happy birthday, brother-in-law. Cheer up, grumpy, ellipses. It's your birthday. Again, happy birthday, brother-in-law. Cheer up, grumpy. It's your birthday. So what I like about this, and I think, you know, (laughs) I don't mean to be some sort of like European elitist here, Mm. but they just do things. Put down the Voltaire already. That would be a good start. They do things better over there, whether it's the Voltaire literature, whether it's the constant rattling I do against additives in food, which the EU does better. Mm. This is not the EU, so it doesn't count. And Did you know they don't have corn syrup in Coca-Cola? When I was over there, I didn't know that. And I was like, wow, what are we poisoning ourselves with all the time? We're one of the few countries that do. Like people oh. in America get very excited when you specifically say Mexican cola because the implication is that it's cola mm-hmm. made with cane sugar. But if you go to Turkey, like, for example, if you go to certain Turkish restaurants, they will have Turkish cola, which is Coca-Cola with sugar in it. I've seen the same with many other countries. Basically, every other country adds sugar. It's only us and I think Canada that really insist on that good old corn slurry. We're the ones that insist on the grain goop. 
So yeah. if you go anywhere else, it's much different. But I think it is, I agree that it is just so much more delightful. So in the same way, I like that over there, they just do things better. And one of the things they do is greeting card specificity. How often have you seen a brother or sister or law card in this country? I don't think you see them. And it's nice to know that that is available. I'm, I, I guess I married into a gorilla family, which I have some questions about, mm-hmm. uh, mostly legal and morality, I would say. But um, it looks like overall, we're getting somewhere with this gorilla. Bobby, did you feel something strongly when you saw this on the greeting card rack and say, we need to be here, this gorilla, let's take you in, let's Wang Chung tonight? Well, first off, orange is my favorite color, so this caught my eye immediately. This is actually the exact shade that the Flintstones push-up pop of my preference is, so that caught my eye immediately. Mm, Okay, because I was not big. That's maybe why we've got a little bit of a divide here, because I was not a big orange-flavored icy pop guy. If it's not grape or red or blue don't want it sorry all right i mean i'm willing to work with you here but we're are you referring to like ice cream proper or are you thinking of those literal ice sticks that were flavored with you know sugar sugar water too that were what, is that not what about? the flintstones icy pops were weren't the, they not like the sugar flintstones water pops? Were, were push-up pops like you had the little handle that you used to when it melted when the ice cream melted slightly you pushed it up and it gave you like a little it was like a deodorant really that you like pushed up right and right right the top off of but were they ice cream or were they icy pop? Like they, uh, they like, were like I'm gonna say hard surf. What do I mean when I mean not not soft surf ice? They cream. were sherbet treats. That's bit, what yeah, it was. Sherbert they treats, were sherbet. Yeah. So there was dairy involved. Yes, they were just mm-hmm. in yeah. And so you preferred yabba dabba orange, which I preferred either bedrock berry or when I was older I would eat lime rock lime, which out of all of the name choices is probably the most confusing. Like is this lime rock? Tell me now because yeah, this might be. It's real. Gritty. I might get sick. It sticks in your yeah. teeth. There's a bunch of other flavors. There's like six of them here I'm trying to read, but the um, photo is very grainy because someone took it on a flip phone probably in the mid-2000s. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I, I saw this card and the color got me. And like you, I thought, well, I haven't really seen a brother-in-law card before. Actually, what I've seen mm. a lot in America recently is the pool expanding to include things like aunts and cousins, grandparents. They're getting more specific, but I don't think I'd come across a brother-in-law card and that... Tickled me particularly because the brother-in-law relationship is perhaps next to husband and father-in-law the most fraught. If you think in terms of classic comedies like Shakespeare or Everybody Loves Raymond, I feel like that's often one of the... Those are the only two examples I have off the top of my head. Yeah, that's all I had too. But I feel like the brother-in-law relationship is often like parodied for being not very close. And I just thought it was a funny idea that they made a card that featured a very unhappy ape. (laughs) <laughs> who had to give you a well wish on your brother-in-law's birthday. It does feel like the humor is already baked in by the type of relationship you would have with that individual. You know, it's a card that I have seen more often on the racks recently that I am really enjoying is chosen family cards. So for example, oh. for Mother's Day, I saw a lot of like chosen mother, like the person in your life who was your mother, whether it was another relative who played that role or maybe just someone in your life who took on the motherly responsibilities, duties, and position in your life. And I think that's very beautiful because it sort of goes with the ever blossoming, you know, mantra that a family 
can be and often is the people we choose to be around and and the people in our lives who fill those roles and make those differences and step up when we need them. And we step up for them as a member of their family. So I thought that was really nice that they make those kind of cards. This, I feel, is also really nice in that like I said, it is pre-baked humor in that it's like, oh, brother-in-law, oh boy. It, it It's like the old tired trope of like, oh, geez, my mother-in-law's coming over. Better run her over with my Honda Passaic. Uh, <laughs> I've got to... Uh, Friend. Womp womp. We'll be right back. And so that's, Grab yeah. Her, that's, do. She's dead. You know, Wilma! Elizabeth Taylor's last role. Uh, you know. Oh yes, in the in the live action Flintstones, right? That's not a right? joke. That's true. I can't believe Halle Berry's character's name in that was just Sharon Stone. They didn't even try with that one. They just, they, I mean, it was kind of already there for them, and I love that. That movie asks the bold question: Can you make a whole script with just puns? And the answer is absolutely yes, you can. As much as you'd like, please just go on ahead. I think it was the last example of it working in their favor, like because that was an era when we were. I'm thinking between that, like in Brady Bunch, they never did a live action Jetsons. I feel like that would be too much, but never too late. Well, J.J. Abrams got a hold of the property and he wanted to make it gritty. And the, the Warner Brothers was like, ah, yeah, maybe, but only if you promise to spend a lot of money on lens flares. And he said, I can't do it. And then he moved. A on. lot of people don't know. That's just what The Mandalorian is. It's just a recycled script from, from the Jetsons. The <laughs> from the Jetsons. Yeah, from the Jetsons. So we've got ourselves a grumpy monkey. Not having a great birthday, it seems. So we say, happy birthday, brother-in-law. Cheer up, Grumpy. It's your birthday. And then on the inside, we, of course, are brought into what is probably the most Anglo of the colors we can choose for the inside of this card, which, again, is a color I abhor, which is a sort of pea green, almost fluorescent yellow green. It's tough to tell with the lighting, but I'm going to want to assume that it's my least favorite of the foods that come over from those blighted aisles. And it is the mushy peas. Oh, so this is your least favorite because of the style of pea that often is associated, P-E-A for the listener, that is often associated with this color. That's why. There's a lot of types of urine I also don't like, and we can get into that later. But I would say, yes, flavored, the, uh, vitamin water. flavored, colored, when you drink only yogurt. But the, ugh, but the, yeah, we might cut that. But there, there are certain, um, <laughs> there are certain types of peas that are gross. And the most common one that I can't consume is mushy peas. Yeah, they just we, put we those in a can. That. You're you're into like a firm, supple pea. You don't like if, the, the If mushy, at yeah. all. It's kind of, we got to admit, it's a C-grade vegetable at best. And the mushy version of it doesn't make it any better. And they serve it with fish and chips, of all things to serve with it. Uh, not the fish fair. and chips was good, I will say. Yeah, I had some of those in Scotland and uh, they Ooh. know their way around a cod. Those people. Was that your favorite dish that you got in Scotted Land? No, we actually got, we ate at this really lovely restaurant. And I think I had, uh, I had hake in, in Ireland, which was great. Ooh. I never had hake before. It was wonderful fish. If you ever get a chance. You can't hake it. it. Yeah. Cheaper by the hake dozen. <laughs> Cheaper by the hake dozen dozen. Uh, I love it, you a bushel and a hake. <laughs> Give me a second. You know, you can continue. I'll let you know what my favorite meal was in Scotland. I had actually a really good dessert, which was, um, I swear to God, it's called forced rhubarb. And uh, <laughs> when I asked the server, you like, know, I'm tired of this consensual rhubarb. Rhubarb's got to work for no us. one laughed. I thought I was being really funny. But everyone oh, else I, I know exactly what you didn't. said to the I know exactly what you said to the server. <laughs> but it was essentially like 
something like like stewed rhubarb with like pistachio ice cream or or lemon ice cream. Ooh, I can't remember. I it love was that. really quite tasty, but I couldn't get over like I can't order forced rhubarb. Like that doesn't feel right at all. I love it if like you, the joke doesn't land, then you go to order it, they bring it out, and then they just throw it on the floor, and they just go anything else. Eat it. American pig, eat it, eat it on the ground. I'm sorry, eat it. That's how that's that's how many of them said it. That's an that's an incredible term because that just sounds like because that's that's like the word forced meat, which is the least favorite of my terminologies for what to do with meat. So it's like, why does everything have to be given like extra pressure? Can I just enjoy it as is? Like, Can't just leave it be. Just just hang out. Have a pizza. Yeah. Let the rhubarb decide if it wants to get eaten. Hey, rhubarb, do you want to get eaten today? I guess it's fine. I'm just a you're just going to eat me with strawberries. Who even cares? Uh, You don't even like me for who I am. That's true. Half of you is poisonous. What's, what's, you're not giving us a lot to like. I had, I remember <laughs> one time I was with an ex and she asked me, what's the worst day of your life you've ever had? And because. <laughs> what? Yeah, I know. You? What a, what like, a question, I, was right? Was like watching a movie? It's like, I have to talk to you. No, it was like our third date. We ran out of things to talk about. And so I, I. <laughs> The, I was trying to keep it light. So the only thing I could relate was when we touched down in Glasgow when I was a kid and we went to the hotel restaurant. And what did I get? I got blue cheese gnocchi, which was such a bad choice to get. And <laughs> That's the smell. That delicacy. <laughs> I, I only Glasgow. ate about half of it because it was just like pure, like melted blue cheese sauce on top of gnocchi. And the smell stayed on my clothes for two days. And after relaying that very blessed privileged story of getting to eat abroad in a nice hotel my my girlfriend at the time just looks at me and goes that was the worst day you ever had you didn't have like trauma or tragedy i was like well i'm also trying to keep it light i'm not going to go into like when high school sucked so i just thought of a bad dish I look ate. are we going to make uh, out in this fye or not and we didn't because she didn't like how close we were to the inuasha dvd so we had to move a little bit more back to where the uh you know the dvds you can't see covered up the other FYE. For your enigma. Uh, for your Edinburgh. So this is the part of the card where Dan just gets angry at the color, I guess. And, and just sorry talks about again, the, the lighting wasn't great in the store. So I, I, my shadow was captured a lot. So you'll, you, if you look closely, listener, if you have an eagle eye, you can see that my, my phone was taking a picture. You'll see on the Instagram post where the... A camera is taken, but I'm assuming you're, you know, you're just so busy jet setting. I imagine you having one of those comfort pillows around your neck at the time. And you're like, all right, I got to do this for Dan. Otherwise he's going to be so pissy when I get back. Oh, I, so, had, I was spilling a martini on the, the store manager as I was taking this photo. Like, I guess I'll do it. Hold this. <laughs> You, you bought this card right along. You you bought this right alongside like the largest Toblerone you can get, like the kind that are the size of toddlers. Oh, you you could replace a tire with those Toblerones, jack up a car. This is a duty free card you bought. It's just a Toblerone mobile. <laughs> Nissan's Toblerone gets fourteen hundred miles. That's Hi there, a, I'm a, Nissan Toblerone, and I need to sell these Hondas before I go out of business. My wife doesn't know me. Anyways, come on down to Nissan Toblerone off Route Batch in Springdale. <laughs> Route Batch. <laughs> the one thing I don't like about Nissan Toblerone is that he's always offering you the mints in the front when he's trying to sell you a deal, but the mints are just urinal cakes that he just kind of chopped up a little bit because he is running. He's like Gil from The Simpsons, except now charming jack lemon impression <laughs> just throws them at you after you made the sale just chucks the used cakes at your back window. Ha, sucker the 
Next page of the card is just in the same font, but no decorum because I should specify ding dongs in the front of the card. It's a glossy gold font that says happy birthday, brother-in-law. And so the inside is the same pea green kind of reminds me of like, I don't know, like an Aldi or like an Ikea. There is something European about this color choice. And well, this is this was America in 1978. So I feel like it swung back around earlier for them. I think we're going to see this color come back towards the late 2020s. We'll have well, time will tell. But that's my prediction saying it here. I'm first. trying to get it trending on TikTok now so that it becomes nostalgic for a younger generation coming up. So they'll be like, oh, remember this color when that weird ginger kept posting those videos and went viral. And the inside with said color scheme, of course, that we hope to come back fashionably says in plain little font, have a really great day. So we get all. So no connection to the monkey, no connection to being grumpy, no connection to any of the energy that we have in the front. Because remember, so the full text is happy birthday, brother-in-law, cheer up, grumpy. It's your birthday. Have a really great day. No period, no exclamation point, no question mark. Just have a really great day. And yeah, uh, wow, how anticlimactic. This feel, you know what? This, I think this actually gets points for this. This is the encapsulation of a brother-in-law relationship. I know, right? This is what, yeah. because when you, when you have a significant other, this is how I feel at least. You can correct yeah, me if I'm yeah, wrong, yeah. but I'm not. Um, you, <laughs> in traditional familial tropes, you know, if you're if you're courting a partner, you talk to the father as like permission to say, "I want to marry your child to get their land," and they say you get the certain. kilt that you got in Edinburgh. That's right. Yeah. And oh wait, before we go, so you're you're not Mackenzie though, the clan that you got the kilt for. That's that's not your Conroy's. Clan. Don't have a tartan. Yeah. Just ah. I literally I thought it was fancy, so I was like, I'm gonna take this one. It's nice. It's got like green and extra navy blues and golds on the side of it. It's cool. I literally chose a tartan that I thought looked nice because they we're didn't gonna have get a you a tartan. I don't know how, but we're gonna do it before the show. We'll is over. figure it out. We'll make one up. I think there's like a I think there's a business that will make you a tartan. I've seen this before. So let's get on there. Do the O'Rourke's have a tartan? Well, no, no, we're Irish too. So we have a crest. We have a family crest. But some of the yeah. Irish have tartans. Some oh, do they really? I haven't seen no. Some yeah, of them. We, we don't have one, but I do know my family crest, so I have that in yeah. my back pocket. If I ever run out of conversation literally anywhere, I have that in my yeah. back pocket. Some of the Scotch Irish definitely do, and I don't mean to declare that you necessarily are that lest you hit me with the glove slap again. You've insulted my honor once again. I know, and I'm just I tell you what my familiar has stopped wanting to come out to Weehawken for this. They're like, well, it's look, my they're familiar, the one working. You mean your second? Your familiar is the cat that follows you around because you're a witch. No, it is. So my second is also my familiar. <laughs> I basically take what I take one of my roommate's cats. There's two of them. And I just take one of them to come out with me. And I'm like, all right, guys, pistols at dawn. And they go, we're cats. We can't do this. We haven't seen Hamilton. <laughs> we don't understand this reference. Wasn't it technically illegal? No, they say in the musical, everything's legal in Jersey. Catch up. Yeah, come on. Um, you stupid God. cats. Anyway, like, so m- father-in-laws, um, you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll write this. So, so you ask permission of the father for marriage. The mother is often a figure of you want them to like you, and then there's always a sibling, often a brother, that you're like, we are circumstantially related at best, and if, if yes. now we're open enemies. And so I love that the card even doesn't know what to say. It's like you were like, I want to have a good relationship with this guy. He's he's my partner's brother. I should know them. Hey, cheer up! It's your birthday. I got you a funny card. And then there's this dead silence. And then at the end, you're like. Uh, have a great day, Bill. And have a really just, great day. Yeah. Because you've already shown, I think this is a good example for me, somebody who is constantly at 11 a lot of the times with emotion and volume. I won't contradict you. 
That was the moment, too, when I'm burping in between uh, beer swills um, when we do this thing. <laughs> We're professionals here at Greetings the Greeting Card Podcast. And we don't burp on camera. You can say that about us. If you're looking at us, any of the major groups like Maximum Fun or what's another one? Uh, uh, Speedle, the... right? Isn't No, that's not one. Probably. I don't know. I, I don't listen to many podcasts despite doing this thing. Yeah, they're awful. They're, they're trash. Filth. Not great stuff, honestly. It's good to make, terrible to listen to. Why is there... <laughs> We can admit that. Why is there so much contention? Like, I feel like the relationship default between brother-in-laws, and I'm not saying one of you are this and one of you are not, but like one of you is grumpy. One of you is inherently the grumpy one. And one of you is the other one who might be tries to be a little too friendly or expel too much friendship. And so you kind of misgauge whether or not you're giving too much up front. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, happy birthday, brother-in-law. Oh, cheer up, grumpy. It's your birthday. And then you immediately dial it back, realizing that you maybe are giving a little too much energy for this relationship. And you go, have a really great day. And that's yeah. just like where you've got to be. Yeah, you know? that's it. I think it's because that relationship doesn't inherently inspire any level of pecking order or respect. And I'm talking all yeah. the traditional family norms. So people can shout at me all they want, but I'm right. But what I mean to say is like... <laughs> no, there is no jury here. Pa- parents garner respect when you have children, you love them. And then there's this weird nebulous area with siblings where like, what if they suck? No one talks about that. What if, Or what if they're great and you're envious of them? Or what if... The the rare opportunity where you are actually good friends with them that happens too, but much rarely, much rarer, I think. But there's there's no rules for how you're supposed to be. It changes with every single configuration of a family when you have a brother or sister in law. Yeah, and also the more confusing fastball that you might get in that relationship, and I'm not just talking about the hit single of the way, is when you wink is. Wink is when your relationship starts out awkward because, in fairness, you are courting their sibling. So that's awkward. But then you develop a friendship over time together. Like there's an investment there. So but I feel like it's harder when because when you're friends with people where you don't have any other kind of familial connection, like you've met them in school, you've met them, you know, at your job or you've met them just in life. And it's like, cool, we probably are just emotionally on the same level together or we'll figure that out and it won't be as awkward. The reason why this is kind of awkward is because I am romantically interested in your sibling. And that (laughs) is, that's a real tough road to hoe. That's a real tough intro. And so- So so to speak. And so there is going to be some contention with that relationship, I feel. And I think this perfectly encapsulates the imbalance of emotion and connection that you have with them. You want to be friendly. You want to be chill, but you just don't know what level that is. And you immediately have to dial it back if you think you've overdone it. This just kind of screams social awkwardness of being with in-laws. Because like you just said, you want to impress both the mom and the dad. And the rest of the family, I guess, the rest of the family is kind of irrelevant, but mom and dad, you're going to be very kind of like more doting and respectful to. But this brother or sister-in-law relationship, I would say, is definitely a little bit more... There, there, there are some coals in between you. You got to walk over. Yeah, before you, things you can't, are... you can't have a card that says like "Happy Birthday, brother-in-law." I'm looking to get real dewy with your sibling, and then like, <laughs> <laughs> like that would be honest, but not a very good card. I don't think. Oh, listen, <laughs> Happy Birthday. Don't be grumpy. We've only got so much time to cut into this cake because I'm trying to go to Pork Junction, USA, with your sibling. <laughs> 
and there's not much time left. So cut into it, cut into it. Come on, and you the big express stupid train has just left the station. Toot toot, no tickets necessary. It's a free ride. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Getting real so, dewy. So, um, how do you want to write this card? <laughs> we have we got a whole page left. We don't. Oh, We're I'm not sorry. done. We, we you don't get out that easily. Part, Look, part I understand you're still suffering from lovely transcontinental jet lag, but we've got one more page left, I and that is, of course, ever. and I think this is like super exotic. We get to show our ding dongs what a greeting cards like across the pond. This is written by a foreign company by the name of Funny Bone from Card Factory. I like how over there they have the same just insane Byzantine way of doing companies like we do. Oh, yeah. So the main company is called cardfactory.co.uk, but then there is a separate printing company called Funny Bone. Some places, things just don't change. It's designed and printed in the UK. It asks us to recycle it. Only time will tell if we do that. Probably mm. won't. And it is on sale for a cool, chill pound twenty nine pence. Bobby, what's the conversion rate? Do you know that off the top of your head? I do. In fact, I don't, but I do. And it's uh, $1.98, I believe. So there you go. Ooh. Okay. So that would mean I'm putting it into Google right now. A pound 29 sterling would be a dollar 60 united states that's a that's a deal that's a bargain. that's actually that is a that's steal. a real you we have not found a card on greetings the greeting card podcast that is worth our time that we have found for less than 3.99 that's right that yeah. we because you and i haven't really hit the bargain bins just yet because i feel like there's nothing been really funny about them but like all of our <laughs> nothing funny about those bargain nothing bins. funny about i remember just seeing one that's like congrats you're 100 have a wonderful day and it was basically just like the size of like one of the stephen king first editions just a massive <laughs> card and I think, uncut. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just designed to be more like a large magazine than a greeting card. So yeah, this is a this is a good bargain. I have to say, like I I almost I th- I think I even did buy one in deference to like I'm happy to steal from American companies, but this one felt like nah. It seemed like a nice store. I wanted to throw a little money their way. You know? We have to work a little bit harder when we are the ugly Americans coming to visit them, and therefore we have to be there's a there's a level of graciousness we have to be and purchase the there thing is. as opposed to just That's... anticipate getting it for free with our technology. Mm-hmm. And so for that end, to answer your question earlier, how would I rate this card? You know, there's a lot going on here and there's a lot of elements happening that you've thrown at me from your wild adventures, you being the adventure of the group, me holding down the fort this time, and you've brought treasures from the far away merry old England for me or merry old Scotland, I should say. For me, uh, my apologies. Don't get at me, our Scottish listeners. All three of you, please don't. We need you. Yeah, all three of you don't stop. I saw we had some UK listeners. You can't catch me on a technicality there. For me, I would be excited to show this card off because it is coming from a place other than the United States. Mm. And as a nerd of these greeting cards now, which I feel like we have become, we weren't there and now we have been. I'd be really excited to show off a card from the UK and be like, look how they do it. I wouldn't say that anything about this card from the front is all that artistic or elegant or bombastic or something that I needed to show off. But I also want to get in good with my brother-in-law. 
And if my brother-in-law gave this to me, I would want them to know how grateful I am to have received the card Mm -hmm. because I'm nothing if not a charmer. And I don't like the idea of just putting this by the wayside. If I don't give this a good spot on the fridge, Bobby, what does that say about me trying with my brother-in-law, whether I'm stooping their sibling or they're stooping mine? You know, we've got we've got to try here. I sold my fridge to buy more condoms for the sex I'm having with your sibling, so I can't hang this card. Anyway, pass, <laughs> Do you pass have me any... a hot dog. <laughs> Wait, what was that hot dog part? <laughs> It was Memorial Day recently, so hot dogs were on my mind. I was hungry. Hot dogs on my mind. <laughs> it says, did you get any Memorial Day food while you were in in the in uh, Europe? No, I did not. No, the, the the airport that I spent ten hours at did not have hot dogs at the ready. And what a shame, because all you want to do is have a depressing airport experience with exactly that kind of. Food. Oh yeah. So yeah, while my brother-in-law is, I have a brother-in-law. I don't want to bring this up. <laughs> it's just <laughs> don't want name Tyler. His name, yeah, Tyler, Tyler Hot Dog. <laughs> so good old Tyler Hot Dog gave me this card. And so for that reason, I want to celebrate it. And therefore, this card will get a special place. I'm going to put it freezer door to the right, just above the fridge door. So mm-hmm. it will be in my peripheral vision whenever I'm getting my frozen Fruity Pebbles milk that I've put in the freezer so that I can use as an opening for coffee because I'm drinking like a man baby anymore. But I that's one thing I did while Bobby was away, learn about Fruity Pebbles milk. But um, I will not be as interested in this card being directly in front of me saying hi to me every day because, you know, a gorilla that that's grumpy, if you look it straight in the eyes, it will try to attack you. That's something that gorillas do. That's why you're not supposed to look at them in the eyes. Yeah, you just got to submit really quickly. Yep. Submit to the bit of Mm -hmm. birthday. Now, Bobby, where would you put this on your fridge? I'm not too far off from you. I actually really like this because I did find it funny. I think there are two ways you can go with this card, giving and receiving. One is if you're giving the card, it can either be very sincere and you genuinely don't know how to talk to this other human being who lives on planet earth which is very funny the slightly less funny option is that you and your brother-in-law are somehow very close which is great and you think this card is funny but if you're getting the card if you are the brother-in-law you then have the opportunity to put it on your fridge and say oh man tyler tyler hot dog such a funny guy he gets me or be like how long can i go until i have to talk to tyler hot dog on the phone when when my sister calls me or something and I got to say hi and, you know, have that awkward conversation. So I think either way, it's right for comedy. So I'm putting this pretty much dead center on the fridge, right at the top of the main door. I want to see this and Mm. I want to feel like a little uncomfortable when I see it every single day. That's where I'm sticking it. Because of the interaction, you don't know where the interaction is going to go. You don't know what's happening next. One way or another, Tyler Hot Dog wants to get back to you about all the cool vampire figurines they've been putting up in their room recently. They're kind of getting into this True Blood sort of role play. It's like Warhammer, but with True Blood, you don't understand the game and they constantly talk to you about it. It, You you almost deign to say the phrase, how are you doing? Because you know that's the first thing they're going to talk about. So that 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 can get traumatizing and eventually you're just like hey cool card by the way and then you just show that off as soon as i can i i put a, a brat in tyler hot dog's mouth because i know as soon as we get together he's like so true blood is really about more than vampire fucking it's about a lot of vampire fucking and then it just all takes off from there and the minute they say that you literally take a big handful of trojans that you keep on your kitchen table and throw it at your brother-in-law and go just fuck my sibling already please <laughs> god damn this let's just so not, much worse why are we trying for this come on i'm not i'm not gonna need you to come over and help me move just go pork 
Stay out of my bedroom and hands off my my vampire figurines. Stay out of my bedroom, hands off my figurines. <laughs> Look at the sign I keep up the wall, kind of like violators will be shot, repeaters will be shot again or whatever Don't that was. Don't make me tap the sign. <laughs> I'm tapping the sign. Oh, Bobby, I got to say, of all the cards to begin the Bob Voyage journey of cards that we will be showing here on Dreedings, the Dreedings card broadcast, this is definitely uh, a jewel of them. And I'm very happy to put it in the fantastic crown that you will have brought over, which is not as nice as the royal jewelry that you stole from the tower. But, no. um, you know, it'll do. I really appreciate you getting that crown for me. They don't need it. They're the key to any heist is to wait until a coronation is happening, because that's when the Stone of Schoon has to move. Hey, listen, we're living in a coronation nation, and I want to be ready for it when I wear the jewels. Uh, yeah, me too. No, yeah, just let us sit in the silence. That's perfectly fine. Yeah, that's good. Good when I say something like that, it's okay for there to not be a reaction. The people come here for the silences. <laughs> I think the their favorite part of this is when it begins and ends. <laughs> when they hear... I would love it if someone said their favorite part of these episodes is the onion music at the beginning and end. <laughs> it might be someone out there that is their favorite part, statistically. Be sure to enjoy it, kids, until we get a cease and desist from whoever made it. It said it was free when I took it off the internet, but we'll see how that goes. I've got one of those keyboards that's just the top and it rolls up into a ball, so once I get that hooked up, I'll be able to create our own theme song. And we can. Go oh my there. god, yes, please. Throw a couple chords in there and just make up a song one day, please. Mm -hmm. We gotta start getting like that or one of our many friends who play instruments to make one for us. On yeah, we have talented friends, so I don't know why we haven't approached them with this. I think they're avoiding us. I think we're, we're ashamed. Ty I we think we're Tyler Hot Dog. We're Tyler Hot Dog. We're, we're 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 the we're the ones they want to avoid. The minute we start talking to them on our podcast, they will throw condoms at us and go, "Just fuck my brother." I gotta go get a car from Nissan Toblerone. <laughs> <laughs> Nissan Toblerone's got me on a four thousand month lease on a nineteen seventy six Audi Ono. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it can go ten hectares on a kilometer of. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Pulled it in H. <laughs> Just in case you haven't listened to every other episode, everyone, that was a Simpsons reference. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to put your life in H, and by H we mean happiness for listening to us, please listen to more episodes of Greetings the Greeting Card Podcast at Greetings Pod on Instagram and at Greetings Cast on Twitter. That's where we post the cards. That's when we post a new episode. That's when we post other things that's going on whenever that's happening. And also, if you were to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, if we get enough of those, we can send Bobby back to Europe so mm -hmm. that he can get more of these cards and hopefully, you know, more fish and chips would be great. Maybe like meet himself a brother-in-law out there, get us some more jewels. We're just going to send Bobby over to do stuff for us. And I'm, I'm writing Steerage Plus. Yes, exactly. We got him in one of those crates. You put it like a cool like livestock in. Yeah. It's cheap. Yeah. <laughs> it's cheap and it's meant for monitor lizards, according to the label. We lied to the freight people and said the box inside was full of bananas. <laughs> They'll never know. I just stuck dole stickers all over my body. <laughs> We did. We rubbed you full of banana oil, so I think we'll get away with it. Yeah. Just watch out for the big spiders. Oh, no. That's just a lot of tarantulas right on your face. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Rami and Michelle's high school cult deprogramming last year on Disney Channel.